A few weeks ago, one of my ex-school students, called Tomash, sent me some feedback regarding my podcasts, and he said it would be good if I spent some time talking about Japan and what I did there, and some of the things to do with life there in general. So, if you listened to last week's episode, you heard me talking with a good friend of mine, Michael Martin. We talked for a very long time, indeed. And obviously, it was too much to fit into one episode. So, on today's episode with Tea Time with Elvis, we have the second part of that interview with Michael. I hope you enjoy it. So, Michael,、uh, obviously, we're in the midst of a, a, a global. Pandemic, and here in、uh, the Czech Republic, we're dealing with it in our in our particular way. I'm just curious, what's the situation over there? How's it going? You know, it's it's really weird. I it people have often talked about Japan having this island mentality, and that whatever happens in the rest of the world. Doesn't necessarily pertain to Japan, and that really pertains to this situation, I think. And that Japan was one of the first places that was really hit, news-wise, because of、uh, the cruise that docked in Tokyo that had 400 cases or something. So Japan's、uh, case numbers shot up immediately because of this one cruise ship.、Um, But I want to say maybe just because Japanese people already wear masks and already kind of do social distancing, they don't do handshakes so much, more bowing.、Mm-hmm. That I think that kind of insulated them from an immediate hit. Yeah, yeah.、Um, Very hygienic, so, anyway, aren't they? I mean, the the country is quite hygienic. It's not, you know, it's not like.、Um, You know, when we were in China and stuff, it was quite dirty, tired, whatever. You know,、uh, yeah. Whereas everything's quite、yeah. clean there. Yeah, you can generally go into like a convenience store bathroom, and you might be able to eat off the floor. <laughs> if, <laughs> you know, not not really, but I remember convenience store bathrooms from the U.S. There'd be times when. I didn't even want to use them. They're so <laughs> filthy. It's just amazing.、Yeah. Then you come to Japan. It's like, wow, it's completely a different world. <laughs> so there is that aspect, but I've noticed there's a certain segment that they're just like everywhere else. There's plenty of guys, especially the older guys, that don't wash their hands after going to the bathroom.、Uh-huh. So this this has been a pet peeve of mine since before the pandemic. Yeah. And once this started, it really came to mind. I'm like, because Japan, we didn't really start doing the work from home thing until、uh, last month, the end of March, maybe.、Mm-hmm. So when this is all going on, trying to be conscious of where I put my hands and stuff. But if I have to go to the bathroom, what's the use of me washing my hands for 20 seconds if I have to touch the door to go outside?、Yeah. I'm filthy again because I know all these dirty buggers aren't washing their hands. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them, but a, a good number. And there's still plenty of people that aren't wearing masks yet. So、mm-hmm. 
before you hit record, you mentioned that uh, it was a finable offense to not wear a mask in public there. Mm-hmm. And here in Japan, it's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, people in general will do it, but I would say most of the time when I get out, it's about 90% hit rate on mask wearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's funny where the mask wearing country isn't going the full distance now that things are really uh the the rubber hits the road yeah yeah so, no, it's um, odd and and we we have a lockdown which has started but it's nothing like what's happening internationally it's mm-hmm. it's kind of very it's very japanese like it's a suggestion so because and i don't know if it's true i haven't read the rule books the law books myself but from what i understand there are no laws written that allow the japanese government to force to uh, i guess you would say to enforce a lockdown Mm -hmm. so the police can't make you go inside and they can't fine you like the Czech police can. Mm-hmm. So it's just suggestion. So it's that, that could be historical. I mean, it's probably the same way they don't have, and I'm going to do air quotes here, even though people can't see it. Same reason they don't have an army. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it is because of their uh, authoritarian past that uh, police laws are a little bit, uh, you know, more, more relaxed in what they can and can't enforce. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unusual in, in that manner. So what they can and can't enforce is kind of a gray area. So even without the pandemic, there's times when they can detain someone. And I think this kind of made it into the news internationally with the Carlos Ghosn Nissan mess, yes. mm-hmm. where you can be detained for, I think, over a month. Mm-hmm. And you, like Americans, they're like, if you get arrested, I want my phone call. You are <laughs> legally obligated to at least one phone call so you can yeah. tell someone what's up. Where it doesn't matter how bad you can be the worst mass murderer in history, you're getting a phone call. Yeah, yeah. Um, but here, you just disappear. Yeah. You know, you're, you probably lose your job because no one knows where you're at. If you're renting an apartment, maybe maybe your stuff is gone because hey, you quit paying rent and not answering the phone. So it's really uh, a dichotomy. Yeah, say it's a strange paradox where we don't have the power to tell you what to do, but then in these other instances where it's really super authoritarianist That's kind true. of You're way. right. So it reminds so, me of um, going, back to, going back to when we were in Hokkaido, I think I'd, I'd, maybe I'd just left, but there was some American guy. I can't remember the story, but they were all connected through that, um, I think through that Gaijin pub, Gaijin being foreigner, uh, pub in um, Asahikawa. And I can't remember it. I don't know if you you know what I'm talking about. There was a they somehow got busted uh, with 
with drugs or something like this. And it was actually linked to a few friends of ours I won't mention. Um, and this one person was taken in to, by the police. And I think they held him for a week, maybe two weeks. And then they released him. And he was let go because he didn't confess. And <laughs> I've heard this about Japanese places. They need the confession. And ultimately, yeah. if you just maintain you don't do it, they're almost, there's nothing much more they can do. It's not like, I don't know, they don't see, you know, this is all secondhand knowledge. I mean, maybe the reality is completely different. But it does seem to me that it just relies on people actually breaking down and saying, yeah, I did it. Because I know they're always big on, in Japan about their conviction rates and, and the fact that, uh, I think even yeah. with the death penalty, right, you can avoid the death penalty if you apologize for having killed somebody. Uh, depending, of course, you know, the severity of it. But I, I think, you know, and this kind of stuff. And then... Um, Sounds like Japan. Yeah. And then I also heard... With, with the death penalty in Japan as well, another example of kind of almost so-called human rights abuses, I suppose, is the fact that you don't get any notification beforehand that you're going to be put to death. So the people on death row in Japan pretty much probably jump every time the, the keys jangle in the door to give them their, their dinner, which maybe, of course, maybe they deserve it, you know, if they are guilty. Yeah. And of course, your family doesn't get notified either. You don't get to say goodbye. Uh, they're just notified after it's all done. Yeah. And once again, I don't have firsthand experience, but I've heard stories of people confessing because of torture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... What if you're put to death because you confessed, but it was coerced? And what's coercion, really? Because, I mean, if you can't pay your rent, if you can't go to work, that's economic coercion. Yeah. It's like, well, if you confess, we'll let you out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of thing. You know, I don't, I don't know how that works, but it's really shady. So to see this pandemic is and such a large uh, thing that could damage the people of Japan mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so so much and then just kind of take a hands-off approach and it's like well we've got the Olympics coming up so we don't really want to we don't want to cause any problems there we don't want to that's that's a lot of money so yeah everything's fine here yeah. come, come to the Olympics and it's funny as soon as internationally they said no we can't do the olympics japan had to go oh okay yeah you know they, they had to suck it up and it wasn't japan that really made the decision uh, no it was international oh we're not going mm. we can't go italy's melting down yeah. you know oh look at look at this we can't do this mm. china's completely Wuhan is completely shut down mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is not the time for the Olympics in Japan like oh okay yeah. and yeah. and so as soon as that announcement was made look at the numbers of coronavirus cases in Japan start yeah. shooting up it's like hmm that's unusual did everyone just start getting sick immediately what happened mm -hmm. It's because they start letting the news come out and started testing, but that's a whole mess. I don't. Uh, I'm. I, I'll. I'll carry on a bit here on how it's a mess. Um, 
forgive me listeners if I'm wordy, but um, from what I can understand, and I've got a, a guy that works for me translating the firsthand, and I've seen Facebook friends post similar things from Tokyo, but it's almost impossible to get tested here for COVID-19. And from what I understand is that by law, once again, I don't, I haven't read the law myself, so it's just what I understand it to be. I could be wrong. But what I understand is that if you're tested positive, by law, you have to be hospitalized. So with such a high rate of people having well, with air quotes, mild, even though it might not be so mild, but you don't really need to be hospitalized mm-hmm. kind of conditions with this COVID-19, you're taking up space for actual ICU patients if you've just got a mild kind of case, but they have to admit you. So it's kind of a catch-22. And that, so I... I I don't even know what to make of Japanese numbers. It's a mess because I know they're not true. And um, so let's see. The numbers here in Miyagi Prefecture, where I live, the first case I want to say was about the end of February or the 1st of March, number one. However, I think it was this uh, just before that, a couple of days before that, I was in a different prefecture and uh, uh, and one of the officials said, oh, in, in, an, in a talk at the office, oh yeah, Miyagi Prefecture has eight people infected. And at the time, there's zero in the news. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, okay. So be interesting to see how soon that information comes out in the actual news because the news said zero for the prefecture, but I was hearing from an actual government official mm. that there was eight. So I was like, okay. And, and it was, there was no, Oh, there's eight. It wasn't secretive. It was just normal talk. Yeah. So it's just like, they just omitted it from the news. And well, at, it was a day or two later that the first case, one case, uh-huh. was announced uh-huh. for the prefecture. It was like, well, that's interesting. What happened to the other seven that I personally heard about? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So I'll wait and see if they kind of draw it up. But it never really came out that way. Mm-hmm. It always stayed low. And then there was... Uh, not an event, but this, uh, some foreigners from Akita Prefecture came down to visit Sendai and they went to a foreigner friendly pub. It's called uh-huh. The Hub. Uh-huh. And it's, it's um, kind of funny that it happened to be foreigners, eh? But yeah, the Japanese yeah. way of things. <laughs> uh huh. And, and so they came down and it spread from there. It, mm-hmm. And because of that, after that, from Sendai City, it started spreading, and now, now, last I checked, it was up to eighty-eight mm. here in Miyagi Prefecture. But it, it all, the numbers exploded from that. 
Yeah. And so I think the ones that I'd heard about were never accounted. Yeah. Publicly. Mm. And so I don't know what's going on. You know, when you talk about this, though, I do see parallels uh, between uh, between Japan and uh, and the UK. I mean, certainly both island uh, island nations they have a very similar view. Sometimes very similar, and of course, other times poles apart in, in things as well. But certainly, back in back in England, uh, you know, the numbers are not trustworthy. The government's only recently started people who uh, counting people who died uh, from the virus that were not hospitalized. So before our entire death rate counted were only ones from hospital, not including uh, several thousand who died in old people's homes or, or wherever else. I mean, the situation there is, is, is pretty horrific, actually. I mean, uh, I think it's now the second worst death rate per capita or maybe the first, I, I don't know. But uh, per capita, I mean, not uh, obviously the US has higher numbers. Um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, pretty shocking stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm quite glad I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, um, there's actually a British guy that I really enjoy mm -hmm. watching on YouTube. He puts out a daily uh, video regarding COVID-19. He's a, a, doc, a nurse, I want to say. Uh, but to you and your listeners, I highly recommend check out Dr. John Campbell, uh, if you haven't already uh, seen him. But he he goes over basically the daily numbers from around the world, and he explains in a very easy to understand manner what is going on. Mm -hmm. And so it's really um, I don't want to say relaxing because that's not the way I think of it. But you watch the news and <gasps> panic! Oh my god! Um, but it's reassuring, reassuring in a way because he's got a very down-to-earth um, way of explaining things so it's you don't see these confusing numbers here's this study that said this this and this and oh my god he he explains it very well so I highly recommend you check him out and it's through his uh videos i think You'd mentioned the uh, UK being very bad. I think it's from his that I got that the rate is on pace to maybe exceed the US. Mm -hmm, and the US mm -hmm. is doing very bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It looks like Russia's joining the battle. They're like, oh, we want in on the, the bad numbers. Yeah. So. Well, you know, yeah, I guess they don't want to be left out, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's terrible, terrible things. But I, I have one last question about this before we move on. Um, I right. saw that uh, your esteemed leader, uh, Shinzo Abe, is handing out 100,000 yen, or senmanen, if I, if I remember that right, to, to everybody or to households? Or how does it work? Do you get, do you get some of this cash? Um, you have to apply mm -hmm. first. So if you don't hear the news and yeah. don't apply, you don't get anything. Right. So, so I don't, hopefully people understand, like, especially the older people understand that this is available. And from what I understand, anyone that has lived in Japan for at least three months is eligible to get their, uh, for anyone that's listening, it's for, I guess, for the U.S. equivalent, like a thousand dollars. 
mm-hmm. U.S. Um, so what would that be for you there? For you uh, gosh, I don't know in, in Czech crowns, but I suppose it's it's close to close to a thousand pounds these days, isn't it? With all all the terrible pounds falling. Oh yeah, I used, yeah, to, yeah, of course, used yeah. to take the pound and double it for U.S. dollars. Those days, you remember that? I used to because even in in Takikara, I was like, it's cheap here. You know, it was cheap <laughs> in Japan. You know, uh, when I first arrived there. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not much off it. I I would imagine it's around eight nine hundred pounds probably. Um, you know, so. that reminds me, I need to apply for my money. But we we've got something better. The Japanese government has uh, decided on something that they're doing for every household um, that's gonna make it all better. So they they've got a good plan. Yeah. Um, so what they're doing, um, my some of my Tokyo friends have already got theirs but they're sending two masks to each household. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's, that's really right? challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works for families, but I'm sure they can make do with two masks. That should be. Yeah. Cause of course it's perfectly hygienic to share them around as well. So oh, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> but, <you laughs> so know, that's the Japanese plan. That's, see, that's, I'm not. I'm not going to criticize. I have to say, I'm not going to criticize the Czech government too much because I think they've done quite a good job. But then, of course, a lot of that's relied on uh, the people themselves doing a lot of stuff too. And here, um, there was a lot of praise for the mask wearing and making it compulsory. And they were citing all the time the situation in Taiwan and saying this is what they did. But of course, the big difference there is Taiwan issued everybody with a mask. Here, the government uh-huh. didn't issue anybody with a mask. So. Uh, initially, you know, most of the masks uh, are homemade jobs, yeah? I mean, I think uh-huh. they sewed around 10 million masks, for, enough for the population within three days to a week, which, which was a huge That's amazing. Effort. Yeah, it was a huge effort, big mobilization. And of course, it, it is enough. I mean, I, we shouldn't be taking the medical masks away from the people who really need it. Yeah, and, of course. And because everybody's got one, you know, and, and this is why I get so angry. I listen to the English radio, the BBC, every morning, and they're always debating the masks and saying, oh, it doesn't, doesn't do you any good. It, they don't protect you. They don't protect you. But of course, the whole point is... Uh, to protect the others. Protecting the others. And then, of course, if everybody has to wear one, then everybody's protected. So, to my mind, it's a bit strange. I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand the whole no mask thing. Um, you know, e- even back in the Spanish flu pandemic in the U.S., they understood that wearing a mask, mm. even if their masks at the time weren't that effective, they knew just the the idea. It's helpful to stop the the spray of. Well, you can just normally we're talking in person. Sometimes you see spittle flying, or you see your own. You know, like oh, sorry. Yeah. You know, it stops that obvious transmission route. Regardless uh, of so how, even, how little the percentage is that they protect you from, yeah. it's still better than nothing. So, better than nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, very, very, very odd. Um, so, yeah, I'll move on from that. Um, gosh, you know, there's so much I, I really could talk about, and I, I really wanted to get into life in Japan and stuff, but I think we'll save that uh, for another time. Uh, but I would like to just discuss the fact that when we last spoke, you forgot that it was a public holiday. And in fact, a week of public holidays 
and this is Golden Week. <laughs> so I wonder if you could tell our dear listeners what Golden Week is. Okay, so Golden Week is uh, the first week in May every year where Japanese people don't usually take holidays.、Uh, you can work for a company and officially have a week of worth of days that you can take off, but due to societal pressure and oh, if I take time off, then my coworkers have to work extra hard, or the boss will ask me, oh, we can't. We don't. We can't afford you taking time off now. So people have vacation time and they don't generally take it because of guilt. But, They're guilted into yeah, not using it. Exactly. <laughs> But Golden Week is different. Most everything shuts down and everyone goes home for to their.、Uh, you know, if they live in Tokyo or wherever, they go back to their small towns to visit their parents and or to go camping or whatever. So it's. It's the major、uh, holiday for Japanese people every year. It's their one chance to get out, get away,、uh, spend time with their family,、uh, their kids, instead of living at work twenty four seven. So it's a really big deal, and I think, and kind of connecting it back to the、uh, coronavirus, it the government's kind of scared that. Since they're not enforcing the lockdown and just suggesting air quotes again, suggesting people stay home,、um, they're kind of scared that people are still gonna they're gonna go home, transmit to their parents、yeah. or whoever in their hometowns, and we're gonna see spikes here in a few weeks once because、mm-hmm. we know that Corona's got the little lag time between.、Uh, When it's transmitted versus when it actually shows symptoms, so、uh, I'd say watch for the third and fourth weeks of May, and we'll see how the numbers in Japan、mm. are. But I assume they'll spike、mm. uh, quite drastically, unfortunately. unfortunately. But yeah, that's Golden Week is this is the vacation time of Japan. But it is. I mean, it's a bit weirder than that, isn't it? It is literally like there are three or four public holidays that fall in that week, isn't it? It's like、um, well, I think that's what makes it. Yeah, it、uh, makes it golden week. So they just said, well,、yeah. you know, forget that. Just take the whole week off. Yeah, rather yeah. Than, you know, going in on a, a Tuesday, but then having Wednesday and Thursday off and having to go. No, just just have the whole week off. Just go. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember a good few years ago, back in the early part of this、uh, this century,、uh, two rather foolish people decided to try and and do something in Golden Week. Do you remember what that might have been? I I didn't remember the time, but、mm-hmm. now that you mentioned that, I I was going to mention this earlier. You you brought you were, you said, oh, that reminds me of something, and I thought you were going to bring this up <laughs> because it was pertaining to the police.、Uh, yes, of course, that's right. And, yes. And, Very English reaction versus the American reaction, and I, I, I I'll, I'll let you、uh, explain. Well, our, I'll, set up, our, yeah, I'll, I'll set up the story. the story and let you come in with the police. But I <laughs>、um, gosh, going back to to first my first or second year, I think it was second year in Japan.、Uh, Michael and I thought we would. I don't know why, but we just for something to do in Golden <laughs> Week, we thought we would walk from our town called Takikawa. To the、uh, capital of Hokkaido, Sapporo, 
and it's a distance of what? 90 kilometers, I want to say. 90 kilometers. Now, I'm sure even Michael won't mind me saying this. Neither of us present uh, models of fitness and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Athletic ability. But we decided to do it. And I think it was the first day. I, I don't remember exactly the day, but... Uh, Not a clue. We only thought it would take a day or two anyway. So we hadn't planned like the whole week. Um, no. And we left around, I think it was something ridiculous, like five o'clock in the morning. We met. Four. I met four or five in the morning yeah. at the Massive. bar that we usually hang out. That's right. And we set off from there, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It was just dawn. The, the sun yeah. was just getting ready to come up. The pub hadn't closed yet, by the way. It was, uh, it was still going on from the <laughs> night before. Yeah. Well, we, we had been in bed, though. We had been in bed. We didn't go straight from, uh, from a night out. But, you know, a couple of our... A couple of our friends saw us off, didn't they? And one of them yeah. came on the scooter or something for a bit, didn't they? Uh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. And we did, well, I think we actually started off quite well. I mean, we... Uh, we, were, we were on the march. We were on the march. We were on the march. I mean, I got... Yeah, because I'd stupidly dyed my hair. I thought it would be fun to have golden hair for golden weeks. So I had this <laughs> terrible... I have a... I have a photo somewhere. <laughs> and, and bizarrely, I remember it wasn't a very sunny day, but it was windy and overcast, and I got terribly sunburned because I, I, I think there's a photo actually you've got of me outside a convenience I, store. I have. Long hair, completely red face. Right. Yeah. And uh, we walked... Uh, along this road, and then uh, the main route was it Route Twelve? It was called Route Twelve. Yes. yes. So there's one pretty. It's pretty much a flat road all the way through, road, uh, yeah. all the way through to Sapporo. So it was quite easy to walk on. There was a good sidewalk or pavement. Most. Well, of it's them. easy to imagine. Straight road. Oh, <laughs> how how difficult could it be? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I forget where it was, but we started to notice a police car, didn't we? Kept doing um, circles. Went by and then came back. Exactly, exactly. So do you want to take over? What, what, what happened then? Well, I don't remember them circling around, but I remember them going by and giving us the, the eye. It's like, ooh. And then we're like, oh, that's the police, and they're giving us the eye. And then kind of looking back and noticing, uh-oh, they're turning around. Yeah. And then uh, them kind of pulling us over. You know, we weren't in a car, but there's a little area, some sort of business that had a drive. There was a little ice cream shop there, like a like yeah, a okay shop. ice cream. Yeah. yeah, and so they they had us walk in there and, and did a little interrogation. I say interrogation because they were really interested in how much money do you have, where are you staying, and where are you going, where do you live, where do you work, and they. They had all these questions. Um, that was the part that really bugged me. And uh, there was nothing else really about beyond that, that that I even noticed. But just just the depth of questioning. I was like, as an American, we take offense like, that's none of your business. Well, I, I didn't say that. Yeah. But that's the kind of attitude that Americans have about being questioned by law enforcement when you've done nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah. I but mean, I you, guess you, you looked suspicious. You had a different reaction. 
you know, I, I, I follow respect, law and order. I'm a good boy. You know, I do what I'm told. <laughs> well, may, maybe you've forgotten then because I remember afterwards you were visibly shaken. Oh yeah. Because of something that I didn't notice because they were wearing guns. And yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and for me as an American, that's, that's normal. In fact, you had one on yourself anyway, didn't you? <laughs> They're lucky I didn't shoot them. <laughs> no, listeners, I did not have a gun. <laughs> Sarcasm, just for in, in case anyone's listening, that yeah, that, that's a joke. In my memory, it's funny again how people do remember things slightly differently because I remember that. Yeah, I remember being uh, surprised because obviously I hadn't much contact with, with guns. But I remember them being fairly friendly once they found out we weren't Russian. Oh, I, want I don't say, remember that part. I want I'd forgotten. Say, at first they thought, because it happened to us a couple of times, Michael, because uh, we were stopped also in, um, maybe it was you, Barry, the melon place. Do you remember? Um, in the car, so, and he thought you were I, a Russian. I remember going to you, Barry. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he, again, it was this thing about, because, I mean, maybe we should explain to people that Hokkaido is not, not a million miles from Russia and they do have quite a lot of visitors from Russia um, due to fishing or whatever else. And actually, there's, there's a Russian community in the south of Hokkaido, isn't there? They're the northernmost city in Hokkaido, Wakanai. Yeah. When you go there, the, the street signs are in three languages. Uh -huh. There's Japanese, English, and Russian. Mm -hmm. So, um, and from, there's a viewpoint just north of Wakanai, the actual city. They've got this little jutting point that sticks out into the ocean. You can actually see Sakhalin from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so you can see Russia. Mm -hmm. So, and, I, and, and then there's also a lot of, even now, I think, um, Oh, what's the word I've been here in Japan so long? My English doesn't come to mind. I don't speak English anymore. Help me, sensei. Discrimination. Um, discrimination. Prejudice, maybe. Prejudice. Well, discrimination okay. actually is where I'm going. Because you can go to the onsen, yeah. and some of them say, no foreigners allowed. Yeah. And Ons onsen is a hot spring. Yes. Um, and so... From what I understand, in Hokkaido at least, that's from Russians mm -hmm. who come in and they, especially if they're fishermen, they would go in to clean themselves. But Japanese onsens, the hot springs, the way it works is when you go in, you there's an area to wash yourself, mm -hmm. to bathe, and to clean yourself very well. And then the open area pool is uh, where a shared area where you, after you've been cleaned, go to relax in the hot water. Mm -hmm. So you don't bathe to get clean. You bathe to relax mm -hmm. and enjoy the, the water. And whereas the foreigners may not have understood that and went just filthy dirty into the main area, which everyone is sharing after they've cleaned. Mm -hmm. And so it, has spurred this no foreigners allowed mm -hmm. type of thing, which has since years ago went into lawsuits and that's now against the law to do that, but it, it still exists. Mm. Yeah, there, there is a lot of prejudice there. I mean, even 
you know, I, I tell some of my students here when they ask me what it was like there. I mean, Takikawa is quite a small town, uh, though it is quite a bit bigger than the one I live in at the moment. But like, it was, it was like being, I, I, probably it's the wrong thing to say, but it's like, if you take it in terms of black and white, right? So you're in a town uh, full of uh, black people and you're the only white person in town, people look, uh -huh. or vice versa. And it was like that, you know, every time we went to the supermarket, you'd get little kids like, Gaijin, Gaijin, Gaijin there's a foreigner. And they would tug their mum's skirt and point and laugh. Yeah. It was, it, I, I don't know if it's got any better. I don't know. And if for, for, for the listeners, Gaijin means uh, uh, foreigner, but Gai means outside, Jean is person. So outside person, yeah. literally. Mm. So figuratively, foreigner, so. But yeah, so these you just have people yell "foreigner, foreigner" at us, and the parents, oh, 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 my child shouldn't say that. Well, where does the child learn? Where does the child learn it exactly? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a bit. Well, this is all stuff for another time because we could, we can go on and on about the fun, uh, crazy stuff uh, to do with uh, just day to day living in in Japan. Um, oh yeah. Just moving on, uh, Michael. From my memory, you drink basically uh, water and orange juice I'm, and the occasional um, wine. So times have changed. I'm oh. still a big water drinker, mm -hmm. and I attribute my youthful face to that, which, as Mark mentioned earlier, you can't see me, but I've got a bit of stubble, whitish going. So, so if, I, if I don't shave, I look a little older. I look my age. But if I shave, then I, I've got, I can't say baby face, but I look 10 to 15 years younger. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if maybe it's genetics, but I personally attribute it to drinking water. Mm -hmm. I just love water. I, I live alone, so a lot of times I'll take a big swig of water and say, oh, I love water. I, I find myself saying that to myself. Oh, that's so good. It, just because I honestly just love drinking water um so water companies everywhere i'll be your spokesman here <laughs> actually i don't think they'd pay me because i uh i just use a bottle and fill up from the tap and fill up the refrigerator so um but orange juice i don't drink anymore okay oranges i will eat i love oranges but um and the past few years, I've been trying to be a bit more healthy. Um, in the past two years, I'm down about, to, let's see, almost 20 kilos. Wow. Wow. So, um, so I'm trying to pay attention to what I eat more, although this being home has, uh, I'm fattened up a bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I got to rein myself back in. All, all those um, Kit Kats, eh? Uh, it's not the Kit Kats. We can cover that. I mean, we can cover that in a different day. Say, on we it. could do an entire podcast <laughs> series on Japanese Kit Kats. So. Um, well, I thought about doing a YouTube channel on trying different Kit Kats. Oh, why not? <laughs> Although I'm at the point where I've had so many different ones, they're, most of them just taste gross to me now. <laughs> Give me a, a normal Kit Kat. <laughs> I don't know if I can buy normal Kit Kats here, but but uh, let's see. Where was I? Um, water, orange juice. 
um, from what I understand is that when you drink fruit juice, it's just like drinking sugar. It's not actually good for you. It's very bad for you. Yeah. Basically, uh, help turn you into a diabetic if if you drink too much. Uh, so the pulp, the meat of the the flesh of the fruit, has an effect in your body of helping your body digest the sugar mm-hmm. in the juice properly so it's not just a straight sugar rush into your body mm-hmm. so eating fruit supposedly is okay but juicing it is not good from what i've come to find out so i, can, I, can well I don't do juice anymore i can believe that uh, alcohol still off the table mostly or Mostly, I don't do wine so much anymore. If I drink, it's what they call sours here, and I don't—I don't even know what that would be abroad. Um, there's there's one particular brand. It's called Strong. It's actually nine percent, so it's kind of high high percentage. Um, but I I don't I still don't drink often. I just sorry I just remembered when we were when we were in China. And uh, we went to those uh, that the that family house, uh, the the apartment, um, for for Chinese New Year for that for that feast for that dinner, and uh, he he had all that nice expensive Japanese whiskey, and he gave everybody, and then you said you didn't want it, and uh, instead they offered you uh, the rice wine, and it was the home brew, <laughs> the home brew stuff. You remember this? And it, like, I don't it was like painless. It was like paint stripper. So you turned down this thing and got this horrific, oh my God, it was, oh, oh, I can't even imagine it. But yeah, that was, that was fun. That's, a, that's another thing to talk about sometime. That was great. Um, but the main thing I'm, I'm, I'm curious is, do you drink tea? Because of course, uh, tea is big in Japanese culture. Uh, they have lots of varieties of iced tea, uh, which is nothing like iced tea in Europe or America that's full of sugar and stuff like that. Is literally... Uh, you know, herbal teas with no sugar that are cold, as well as, of course, normal hot teas. Do you drink tea, Michael, from time to time? Or? Um, I, so I found that that's another thing that's supposedly good for you yeah. is actually uh, teas. And then in particular, the hot water is good for you. Yeah. In um, just in the hot water. So so right now I, I bought, since I'm on my uh, down curve, I bought a box of uh, hot chocolate at Costco. So I'm trying to get through that and get back to <laughs> drinking tea instead of drinking sugar. Um, but yeah, I've, we've got little uh, hot water makers. I don't think they're quite as efficient as the super heater things that the UK has. Mm-hmm. What I understand. But, uh, so yeah, one thing that I usually drink is called kombucha. Cha is tea. Kombu is a kind of seaweed, yeah, and so it's it's a tea made of seaweed, and that's supposedly good for your body. And so that's main the main tea that I uh, drink. It's kind of a green powder. I just pour it in a cup and then stick the hot water in. I can't remember. I'm, I'm not. A... There was one I used to like. It was an it was an iced tea, and I and it, it maybe it was something like sogembe cha or something like that. It was. It was really strange taste. Like when it, when you first drink it, you probably think it's a bit disgusting, but it it was very refreshing. It was almost it was almost like 
a vegetable-y taste, I suppose, if that's a, the right word. I don't know. I have to find out what that was. But that, that I used to really enjoy that. And apparently, it was a, a very healthy one. So, yeah. I need so to that is, is that the teas that are pre-bottled that they sell at the convenience stores? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was in, um, okay. it used to have like a light blue or green uh, sticker on it. I, I think it's something like so, so Gembe, something like that. I, I don't know. Uh, I might be... Uh, I might be mistaken, but it's 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 not your usual tea. It's got a definitely a different flavor. It's made from something a little bit unusual, but it is known as being one of the healthy ones. So I don't know. I used okay. to really enjoy it. So. Here in Japan, everything is considered healthy. So yeah. who knows? <laughs> That's true. I mean, I was always amazed by the coffees uh, in Japan that um, if you went to the convenience store, you could... I think it was so from vending machine. Well, vending machine, you could get hot coffees in a can from vending machines. Yes. You can, get can. About, you can get about everything in a vending yeah. machine. In That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I mean, there were stories of you, you could buy used panties. Yes. I, I never worked out if that was just legend or true. I've never seen it myself, but I've heard people that have seen it. Oh, so yeah. I think it existed. Urban legend. <laughs> and, and you, it's big enough story that where there's smoke, there's usually fire. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that could be a podcast in itself as well, couldn't it? Japanese vending <laughs> machines. What's in them? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last part, really, uh, Michael, before I let you go, is each uh, episode I like to either ask a guest I have or I come up with one myself. And um, because, you know, the, the podcast is called Tea Time with Elvis and I like to imagine the fact that I'm chatting to people over a cup of tea, um, I come up with a fantasy tea time guest part. So I wonder if you could sit down and have a, have a cup of uh, kombucha or, or, or whatever with anybody uh, who would be your perfect guest? Who would be your fantasy guest uh, that you would like to chat to over a nice cuppa? So my first reaction would be, since uh, my dad has passed away, I would choose him because, of course, I'd like to talk to him again. But I think that's kind of a, an easy out. So, so I think for anyone that has lost a parent, that, that would just be an an automatic answer so i don't i don't want to give that as uh, my my uh i'll give you a second answer okay and go a little deeper so i think talking with marcus aurelius would be excellent because he's written about the stoicism mm -hmm. and from how many thousands of two thousand years ago was it however uh, long ago i think a little little bit less maybe but yeah about that about two thousand years ago but i mean if you read his writings it's so timely well i mean stoicism as a, as a thought goes back yeah more than two thousand years ago but you're right uh i forget the name of his book it's called something like meditations yeah meditations yeah yeah uh one of them i think he's got a few but um I, I think it would be really interesting to to talk to him and maybe not just hear from him, but to tell him how humans don't change. No, no. You know, I guess in a way it's, 
uh, depressing that we haven't gotten any better. That, you know, we have all these self-help books and, and classes and we're always trying to become better. But at the end of the day, as you often would say, <laughs> um, I, I, I think I've taken that up from you. At the end of the day, <laughs> thank you for that. Welcome. <laughs> we we're no better than we ever have been. Nothing's mm-hmm. changed. Uh, we, even with the pandemic, you look you look at the past pandemics, and we're we're look at the the thugs in the U.S. taking you know rushing the government buildings with their guns. Like we want our freedom. We want our haircuts. We don't go fishing. Like he took our what? jobs. You know. <laughs> you know I. I how basic are we that we we haven't progressed at all probably it's it's to do with the fact that there's too much of it around now i mean it's like everything else you know what it's like when you've got netflix or all these streaming services you never find anything to watch because there's too much to choose from when you've got so many self-help guides or life guides or life coaches and all this stuff all being uh, thrown at you 24-7 and it hasn't worked is a very sad thing but maybe it's the fact because there's just too much out there people become confused it's just easier to just revert to our normal default setting of just being assholes <laughs> well I'm baked into our dna <laughs> yeah. you know, the, we've got our base base level and that i guess it's it's good to think to realize that n- even other people that we think, oh, you know, we'd mentioned earlier about videos of people doing horrendous things that mm-hmm. maybe even us, we, we think of that as disgusting or unbelievable, but maybe we're not that far removed from being able to do that ourselves. And so maybe it's good for us to realize that we need these self-help things. We need to constantly try to improve so we don't devolve into that very base level that we're not far from. No, we're not. I mean, after all, watching uh, uh, dark videos on, on, online is not that far removed from going to the Colosseum and watching, you know, Christians being ripped to shreds by lions, is it? You know, so, or watching the old gladiatorial uh, contest, which of course brings us back to Marcus Aurelius and the fact that he was killed by the Joker but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> Super. So that's a fantastic uh, choice there, I think. That's a really interesting one. Uh, basically, Michael, well, I just want to say... You didn't expect from me, did you? No, I didn't. You didn't expect that, did you? I didn't. No, I was expecting, um, I don't know, uh, Darth, Darth, Pelagius or White, Darth Pelagius the Wise or somewhere <laughs> like that, you know. But, yeah, it was a good, good choice. Uh, Super. Well, I just want to say thanks very much for joining me. It's been absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on, sir. And definitely come back because we've got loads more we can talk about, uh, you know, from Kit Kats to uh, underwear, vending machines and stuff like that. So well, really- how about we leave it up to your listeners? If, if they think uh, it was interesting, then uh, drop Mark a line and let him know. And That's true. I'm, I'm can, more, you can me, more. You can send definitely. me a message. I'll, I'll come back if, if you guys want to hear more. Wow. Well, 
definitely definitely you can send me a message on on, on twitter or email me at uh, tea time with elvis at uh, gmail.com so michael thanks so much man you take care you stay safe stay indoors and keep you know fighting the good fight you do the same oh uh, let me plug since you gave your email out um i'm on instagram i don't update it much i need to a bit more but uh if you want to check me out on instagram fried toast just search for fried toast one word no dots no nothing fried toast on instagram you'll find me there's a picture of me looks like i'm in jail probably where i should be but uh <laughs> well definitely i'll put a link to it uh, under the under the podcast and definitely it's worth checking out michael's a fantastic uh, uh, photographer and now i hear videographer as well so i'm looking forward yeah, to seeing more of those and yeah anyone who's interested in seeing any of those works as well i'll leave some links to the videos he's made on uh, youtube so thanks again sir you take it easy right, thank you. and uh, definitely we'll speak Sorry? Stay safe. Oh, thanks. To you and all your listeners. Stay (laughs) safe and uh, stay home. Definitely. All right. Thanks a lot. See you soon. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. And that's the end of the second part of Conversations on Japan with my good friend, Michael. Now, I do hope you'll come back and join us again because there is so much more we can talk about and so many more rather ridiculous things that we can explore to do with Japanese culture. All that remains really for me to say is thank you once again to Michael. Thank you to Tomas for suggesting that I talk a bit about Japan. And Elvis and I, of course, Uh, wish you all very well. Please stay in, stay safe, stay healthy, and we look forward to you joining us uh, on episode 7, gosh, episode 7 already, of Tea Time with Elvis. Thank you all, and take care. Bye-bye.